Another Trump rally, more attacks from former President Donald Trump on immigrants. Here he was earlier today in New Hampshire. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions and prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world. They're coming into our country from Africa, from Asia, all over the world. They're pouring into our country. Let's discuss more now with CNN senior political analyst and senior editor at The Atlantic, Ron Brownstein, and NYU history professor Ruth Ben-Ghiat. She's the author of the book Strong Men, Mussolini to the Present. Uh, guys, uh, thanks to both of you, uh, Ruth. I'm, I'm glad to have you back on the program. Um, let me start with you. you. You've studied fascist rhetoric, autocrats, authoritarian leaders. You and I have talked about this subject many times. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard what Trump say, uh, had to say earlier today? This is, you know, this is fascist rhetoric. Uh, the worries about polluting the blood of the superior race uh, go as a standard of Nazism. It's not just the Nazis, it's also fascists in Italy. Uh, Mussolini literally talked about killing rats to go back to Trump's use of vermin in an earlier speech. He talked about killing rats who were bringing uh, infectious diseases and communism into Italy. So, you know, this is fascist rhetoric, and he's using it for a very precise purpose. But we also want to, you know, ask why he's using it now so often. And unfortunately, the Trump campaigns made it very clear what they want to do to immigrants, you know, mass deportations, mass detentions, likely abuses and violence uh, in those operations, and, you know, dehumanizing immigrants, which is what this language does is a way to get Americans prepared now to, to accept these repressions later on. That's what's so terrible, and that's also another thing that's so fascist about this. Uh, Ron, I mean, help us look at the, the big picture here, if you can. I mean, obviously, there, there are the electoral concerns, I mean, for the Republicans. It's hard to imagine uh, swing voters in uh, places like uh, suburban Philadelphia or Michigan, Wisconsin, gravitating to this kind of language after they've already rejected it before. I mean, this is something that has hurt Trump in previous elections. Why do you suppose, as Ruth was saying, uh, he, he keeps going back to this? He's been doing this a lot lately out on the campaign trail. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's great to be on with both of you. And like yeah. many people in the U.S., I've learned a lot on these issues in the last few years from uh, Professor Ben Giat. So I'm, I'm really glad to be to be here with you. Look, the, the yeah. big picture is that the U.S. faces a situation that I believe we have not been in since arguably the two decades before the Civil War. I mean, you really have to go back, I think, to John Calhoun's dominance, the South's dominance in the Democratic Party in the 1840s and 1850s, uh, to look at the last time the dominant faction in one of our two parties was not committed to American democracy as we have understood it and practiced it uh, throughout our history. And this is an extraordinarily challenging and in many ways ominous situation for the country, whatever happens in the 2024 election. Trump has shown there is an audience in the Republican coalition in particular for all of these kinds of arguments. You know, in polls while he was president, 90% of Republicans said Christianity in the U.S. is under attack. Three quarters uh, said that discrimination against whites is now a bigger problem as discrimination against minorities. And in multiple polls, Jim, uh, 55 to 60% of Republicans said the traditional way of American life is disappearing so fast that true patriots may have to use force to preserve it. So there is an audience for this. But as you note, 
There is also a substantial audience uh, that has been mobilized in three consecutive elections to prevent this vision from being implemented. And you know, we are in a position now where a majority of voters are unhappy about the economy, discontented about Biden, maybe think he's too old to run for another term. But it's a very different proposition to say that most Americans in the end will be able to will be willing to empower someone talking so explicitly, uh, as the professor said, echoing uh, fascist leaders from the darkest moments of the 20th century. I've said to you before, and I believe again, Trump throws Biden lifelines every day. Voters are unhappy with the way yeah. things are going in the country, but that doesn't mean they're willing to go in this direction either. Well, and, and Ruth, I wonder, does do you think that there's a chance that Trump understands that this doesn't really get him to 270 electoral votes, but that there is a utility in keeping his base amped up on these issues, amped up with this kind of rhetoric because of whatever, whatever else he has in store for the country. I do. I, I, I think um, he, he, you know, the Republicans are uh, like Matt, you know, Gates is talking always about how force is how we're going to bring change to Washington. Uh, they're not really thinking inside the Democratic box anymore. Uh, and he's more concerned, which he has been since 2015. He's just hugely accelerating it now with re-educating Americans to want violence, to be okay with violence. And before, you know, he managed to make uh, January 6th into a patriotic event. Now he's dehumanizing uh, targets that will be people who will be the state enemies, who are already state enemies in Trump 1.0. But now it's a whole other scale. I do want to tell your viewers that if anyone who thinks this isn't going to bother them because they're not an immigrant, he, he, they're not going to stop with immigrants. I'm quite concerned that he is mentioning um, what he calls mental institutions and prisons so often. Uh, in, an, in another speech, he actually talked about, you know, the need to expand psychiatric institutions to confine people. And he mentioned special prosecutor Jack Smith as someone who should end up in a, quote, mental institution. This is what fascists and especially communists used to do to critics. They used to put people who didn't believe in the propaganda of the state or who were troublemakers into psychiatric institutions. So the, mm. the, the, the kind of swath of people, the amount of people who are going to be targeted certainly doesn't stop with immigrants. Yeah. And Ron, I mean, today, he, Trump also vowed to investigate prosecutors. I mean, as, as Ruth was just talking about Jack Smith there, indemnify police officers as they crack down on crime. He called January 6th prisoners, uh, quote, hostages again. And he, he went out of his way to say that people are going to start leaving the country in droves if he gets elected. It's almost as if he has this sort of crisis scenario uh, that he is going to uh, bring about in this country, it's playing out in his head, and he's he's sharing that vision uh, with his supporters. Well, you know, when he was president, I often said that he governed as a wartime president for Red America, with Blue America rather than any foreign country uh, as the adversary, and you see that even yeah. more explicitly. This time, you know, in, in our Atlantic special issue on his second term, I wrote, you, you could look at the, the variety of plans you've been talking, we've been talking about some of them that he's put forward that would involve projecting federal forces into blue states 
and cities. He's talking about mass door-to-door -door deportation. He's talking about rounding up the homeless. He's talking about sending the National Guard uh, into blue cities in unspecified ways uh, to fight crime and restore order. And some people around them yeah. have talked about invoking the Insurrection Act against protests. So, I mean, what, what we're talking about is someone who sees himself as using national power to advance factional ends, to impose the agenda that is settling over red states onto blue states uh, and cities, whether that's on voting, whether that's on uh, LGBTQ rights, uh, whether that's potentially likely on abortion. Um, so, yeah. and, and in many cases with the use of force behind it. So we, we are, as, as you've been saying, we've been seeing, an, we're seeing an escalation of this. There may be a majority of Americans who are willing to accept this, but that is a much more difficult proposition than asking whether there are a majority of Americans who are unhappy with the way the economy is going and are willing to just make a change on that front. I think Trump is yeah. making this, if he is the nominee, much harder on himself than you would expect, given the level of dissatisfaction with Biden. We saw in 2022, Jim, was that an unprecedented number of voters who said they were unhappy about the economy, dissatisfied with Biden, still voted for Democrats because they view the Republican alternative right. as too extreme. Right. And that is the door yeah. that Trump is opening yeah. almost every day. Yeah. Fascinating discussion. I, I wish we had more time. We'll, we'll get back to this issue uh, again and again. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Ron and Ruth, thanks so much for your time this evening. Really appreciate it.